0: Welcome to the Fan Experience
1: Experience with Darren and Mark and a special guest. Hello and welcome once again to the Fan Experience Experience, the podcast that explores the power of engagement in football and other sports. Join me, Mark Bradley, and my co-pilot Darren Young as our guests tell us their stories and share what they have learned. So in this season, season two of the podcast, we're exploring fan engagement post-covid we're uncovering new ideas to help your club league or association to prosper amidst all of the uncertainty as we emerge from this pandemic so one thing that's happened uh darren recently is that fans are back at football and um we were going to talk about the fact that normality has resumed but it didn't really return until the Charlton Athletic fans booed their team off at the first game.
2: <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. I, I was wondering before fans came back how long it would take. So, so 90 minutes, I guess, is the um, is the is the answer.
1: Yeah. Well, my team have recent history of losing at home to MK Dons as well. But thankfully, we had nobody in the stadium for that game, so we, you know the booing was could only be heard from afar. But it was, it was it was it was amusing.
2: Yeah, it was really good to see fans back, though. I mean, aside from um, aside from. The occasional you know, problem, I and mean, it just seemed like uh, all of the games that, that happened in the EFL went really well, so that, that's a really positive sign.
1: I guess the other thing, as well, that although I had some experience of it um, up at Air United, uh, which I've already mentioned on another podcast, but 1500 fans, if they are motivated, can make a hell of a lot of noise, and I think that the 2000 um, at Charlton when the players ran onto the pitch was it was almost like the stadium was full you know so that, that's quite interesting in terms of the the old diamond that we talk about a lot which is how much more motivated a player is when there's a lot of noise behind it
2: oh absolutely i mean i it's really interesting isn't it because you think for the next certainly the next couple of months that these this very you know small numbers in terms of the the overall capacities is going to be the norm and it's going to be interesting how the fans start to realise that that they've got to play a slightly bigger part because there's there's fewer of them and and actually create noise that normally five or six times as many fans might make. So I think that's going to be a real challenge.
1: I think you're right. And another group of fans that have made a hell of a lot of noise over the past few years, he says, in one of those magical uh, links, (laughs) are Huddersfield Town ones. And this is obviously only because they had Sean Jarvis as their CEO for the last uh, was it 13 years, Sean? Oh, uh, 15 years, 15. And I was I was commercial director, so yeah,
0: no, no, I um I was there for 15 years. Having spent seven years prior to that at Oldham Athletics. so yeah, great a great um, decade and a half, I would say.
1: And we're we're proud to welcome uh, Sean to our podcast. We've known each other for many years, Sean, but you're not here to talk about football. You're here to talk about cricket because uh, this, the, the biggest transfer of the year it, it was from uh, football to cricket and it was you moving to Leicestershire County Cricket Club, the Running Foxes. So how have the first few uh, months been there then for you? Yeah, I think it was a, a free
0: transfer, I would say that, Mark. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I've, I've, I've come back home. People that know me um, will know that I was born and bred in, in Leicester. So this is my... My hometown and indeed this was my uh, very first experience uh, of a sports game a sports uh, stadium my father brought me here when I was a young lad to watch uh, Leicestershire County Cricket Club so it's it's weird how history has has, uh, repeated itself and I'm back at at the famous Grace Road and, and doing my trying to do my bit for for Leicestershire County Cricket Club so these first Six months have been an immense challenge, really. I I, I literally joined when COVID began, um, and it has been an incredible challenge for not just me, but also everybody at the club, just to to navigate its way through the difficulties and the faces, the challenges that we faced. But uh, you know I'm delighted to say we used it as an opportunity to press the reset button and actually look at ourselves and and try and create a new a new chapter a new path for the cricket club which we we're, we're, we're beginning to embark on now take
2: right at the very start there and and obviously you know coming into that job you just could not have imagined what was going to you know what was going to happen over the next few months given given where we are but where we are but how do you plan um and how do you do that job with so many variables and unknowns ahead of you i mean can you answer that one it must be
0: yeah it's 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 a big question darren i think um I, i think for me the probably two two elements that got us through the covid really in terms of the people that helped us navigate through and i would say the staff here at Leicestershire County Cricket Club were, yes, they were looking for somebody to guide them, i.e. me, but they had the answers. They all had the answers as to, to what to do and how to mitigate the situation and how to, um, as I say, navigate through very choppy waters. So all it meant that I, I was here just to, to sort of, uh, like any good conductor, you know, get the orchestra playing and, and, and that's what they did. But I'd also... Pay tribute to uh, Cricket PLC. From the very moment that I was involved with Leicestershire County Cricket Club, I, I was welcomed by my, my my colleagues at the other clubs, and uh, the ECB, along with the other CEOs of the first-class county cricket clubs, would regularly meet and discuss how we actually got through the situation. So they were there to prop each other up and and, and share best practice and, and and just make sure that we we got ourselves through it. And I think for me, I would I would look back now on on that, that challenging summer and sort of say I thought the ECB were magnificent in, in their support and the, and the staff here stood up to the plate. We had a we had a strategy, we had a mitigation strategy, and we took advantage of of the schemes that were available to us in terms of furlough because we needed to. But I would say it's the people that actually got us through it.
1: Brilliant. I mean, that's, that's also, I mean, a, a mark of your time at, at Huddersfield Town. And um, in fact, just recently, Sue Beaumont, who'd been at the club for many years, has uh, announced that she's, re- she's retiring soon. And the team at Huddersfield, a very strong team, a team that'd been there for a long time, is kind of part of the... Um, Probably the biggest reason for the success of the club And the question I wanted to ask was that you know in, in lots of ways on the commercial front with some of the uh, really innovative partnerships that you created uh, Browns particularly being a being a big one with um, with, with engineering and um, I remember you telling me that uh, you know they were looking to try and um, appeal to kids so that kids would look at a career in engineering you were there as the football club that already had those connections with the school, and you came up with an approach which which had different schools actually designing uh, go-karts. You know, it, I'm, I'm sure I got most of that right, yeah. but that that kind of um, innovation also appeared in in the match day experience. Uh, I remember, you know, most clubs have been very good at family um, engagement in the football league but I think you're the only one yet to actually have a live snake in the family enclosure. <laughs> um, and then, and then the, but the other thing was how close you were to the fans. And, you know, we both missed Dave Schofield, who was the prime mover in the um, in the um, Altogether Town uh, engagement and consultation initiative you did. Um, what of those things that, you do, that you've done at Huddersfield, are you, in terms of the general theme, not the specifics, but which of those... Do you see as being an important part of, of guiding uh, Leicestershire County Cricket Club through these through these next few months?:
0: Yeah, great question. Uh, Mark. three elements really there, there was um, you talked there about the team. you talked there about the, the, the business relationships and the innovation in, 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 in those relationships. And then uh, as you sort of say, you know uh, somebody like Dave Schofield and the fans, I don't think, I don't think there is a, a silver bullet. Um, I think you, you, you take each of those three elements. The team, the team off the field, are as equally as important as those that are on it. And getting the right people inside your organisation that understand the vision, understand what it means to be a supporter, understand what it means to be a business associated with the club, I think is is absolutely critical. Um, and I, I think I think people are. Are so important because they're the one. We, we're in an entertainment industry at the end of the day. That, that's that's our that's our industry. So when people arrive, we've got to give them the opportunity to enjoy it as best they can, and and the team behind the scenes have got to try and deliver that. So you know, I always I always kept the commercial team at, at Huddersfield with their feet on the ground. It's it's very easy to become our well, we're stars of the show, but I said no. At the end of the day, we are you know, glorified blue coats. So we need to make sure that we entertain people when they come and and give them the experience. And we've all been there on the terraces. So let's do the best job we could. I think in terms of the partners, um, again, engaging with businesses that don't just want to put their brand on the front of a shirt. I think that businesses that want to be part of it and, and listening to businesses and their objectives and actually creating innovative approaches I think equally is important because the, the end result of that is you actually attract more and more fans and new generation of supporters. And that brings me nicely on to, to, to the third part, really. At the end of the day, the fans are the people that come on a Saturday afternoon or whenever it might be and actually stand on the terraces. And it, it may not be the best product on the pitch all the time, but they, they come week in, week out. So I think you have to listen. You have to listen to what it is they want, what it is they want the administrators of the club to, to do and to deliver. And I think as long as you listen to supporters of clubs, um, then you won't go far wrong. And I think for me, it's a combination then of those three things that actually put in the melting pot and then you can find the solutions to your problems, if you like. We always get really surprised,
2: I think, Sean, it's just how few clubs ask their, their the opinion of the fans, you know, in, in a proper in a proper, meaningful way. I mean, I know a few that Perhaps do it as a tick box, but but to actually find that out is so, you know, it's it's quite rare in our experience. But what what the question I wanted to ask Sean, because if you think about football, football's had it through COVID, it's been quite a weird situation because they've had fans in at the start of the season then and then lost them. And then they've started a season without fans and started to gain them as the season's gone on. But in cricket, because of the way the timing worked out, you've pretty you pretty much started the season and went through it pretty much without fans. And, and that's an awful long time for people to not have that, that kind of connection with, with the club. So my question was going to be about the, how do you sort of keep those fans completely engaged and involved when, when they can't be there as they, as, they, as they ordinarily would?
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a great question, Darren. I think um, for us in, in cricket, yeah, we had a behind-closed-doors season so um there were a couple of, of of examples of where some fans came in uh, I think at Surrey was one of them uh, edge baston was earmarked but then the second wave began to happen so it got pulled back so I think they did maybe one day which was uh, really well received but I think in answer to your question it, it, it was tough it was incredibly tough I think one thing about cricket it is a little bit behind the game in terms of its Um, streaming so uh, it it, it learned very quickly how to stream its fixtures its four day fixtures now anybody who's a cricket fan will know that county championship games are not always that well attended Um, so it was interesting to see when uh, we broadcast say our game versus uh, Lancashire which is the first game of the season I'm delighted to say we beat them Um, but we played them down in Worcester due to to the COVID uh, scenario. But when we looked at the analysis of the streaming of the four days, we actually had 20,000 people watch that game over four days. Now, the final day was a very exciting day, and it almost turned into a 2020 game towards the end. But to get 20,000 people actually watching online it, it, it began to sort of go, well, you know, there is a huge market for cricket. And uh, I think over the course of, of, of six, uh, six fixtures that we had um, during our Bob Willis Trophy uh, tournament this year, I think it equated to something like 100,000 people that were watching the game.
2: Mm.
0: So uh, cricket learned very quickly that, that there is potential in streaming. And um what was also interesting for us, we actually had a lot of overseas uh, people from uh, South Asia watching watching our games as well. So so cricket is is has all of a sudden begun to work woke wake up wake up a little bit to the technological breakthroughs that we made. Even ourselves, you know, um we've we've learned how to zoom and Microsoft Teams and all these sorts of things. And I think um for us, it's been, it's been great. You've been forced to do it. So the clubs have had to learn. And, uh, and long may that continue. We can't fall back into old ways. We've got to make sure that these new skills that we've adopted during this period, if there is a silver lining to a cloud, then, um, then, then we've got to make sure that cricket has a brighter future and, and gets stronger and stronger.
1: And using that uh, phrase, you know, being forced to do something, being obliged to actually act, I think... The bigger picture that, that, that interests me is that, um, as you know, you know for, for many years now, uh, well, 15 years to be exact, we've been trying to get the message across that a model for, in football that relies on winning or discounting to actually maintain attendances you know, is, is, is evidently flawed. And what Darren and I fervently hope is that you know, in this period, and the period that's passed already, because in reality, it might well be in eighteen months before clubs have um, you know one hundred percent capacity allowed again is that people need to use this time to think about and consider different approaches you know so in the past, it has very much been a, a crowd driven approach and in fact many clubs, I think it's true don't even consciously have a strategy for filling the stadium so when it comes to cricket um, has has Covid actually allowed not just yourself but the other counties to think differently about how they're going to grow attendance. So taking it, up, you know, beyond the twenty thousand that are already tuning in, and actually reach out um, further across the city and the county.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, yeah, you're right there. You know, you can't rely on pricing and fall into uh, that trap. You know, for for is us here at Leicestershire, we have such an an amazing diverse population, the demographics of of Leicestershire, the last census, uh, and it'd be interesting to see the next one that's coming out pretty soon, but the last uh, census actually indicated that something like nearly 60 different nationalities that make up uh, Leicestershire as a county. So, um, and I think that that's where we have to learn is, is, is two things really. We have to listen uh, to what it is people want. Um, and we also have to capture data. I think, you know, my career path, data is, is absolutely critical and using that data wisely in terms of the communication to, to, to that data, whether that's specific groups, individuals, how you tailor your messages to actually um, communicate with people. And I think we're seeing that at the moment with, with you know the, the BAME movement and things like that. So it's important that we 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 tailor our messages to the right audiences. And then when they do get involved with Leicestershire, we, we keep them on the journey um and, and we make their experience the best it possibly can be. So I think one thing for for, for us, and I think cricket as a whole is we become more sophisticated and continue to be more sophisticated in our in our approach. Um, it is it is there's no I think as I say no silver bullet in terms of uh, the answer, but I think it's about learning continually learning, and and if if nothing else, the dialogue between all the counties is uh, is the sharing of best practice, which I, I know has been done in football for some time. Um, it 's now that cricket 's beginning to wake up to that and, and, and improve its game and its experience and its engagement sure this might be a really
2: unfair question actually, given that obviously your first season was was without fans so'll so i 'll rephrase it slightly and say, what do you anticipate the the biggest differences are between the fans when it comes to the, the match day experience between cricket and football given what you given what you saw at Huddersfield?
0: It, it, it is a tough one i've not i 've not seen the the audiences at cricket yet but I think I think across both sports there will be more demanding in terms of in terms of experience. I think there will inevitably be a real desire to come back. Um, but they'll be looking for uh there'll be more discerning in terms of a safe environment, more discerning in terms of the experience. Um, so I think I think the customer will be uh more demanding and there's nothing wrong with that and i think uh, standards of, of of grounds have got to improve and and if nothing else that that will force cricket to do that and i think that's one of the problems that is the diff- difference Our, i i've sort of got a, an impression for say i've seen is that cricket stadiums are, are great and the stadium here at leicestershire is great but he's tired. is in need of improvement, and I think that's what we need to do as an industry. Whereas football is is, is a bit more advanced and a bit a bit more ahead of the game in terms of what it's trying to achieve. So, for example, fan zones and things like that—they're they're slowly improving and and getting better. You know, look at Wickham. Mm-hmm. I think they start their fan zone very early on in, in the day. And I went to Dortmund, and you saw fan zone open up at ten o'clock in the morning. Um, so. I think cricket has got that journey to go, um, and I think um, you know that will be that will be the difference for me. Is cricket cricket supporters will be more discerning. They're a bit more, um, how shall I say, understanding. I think uh, football fans yeah. are a bit more. We want instant gratification, but yeah. um, I think for Leicestershire, we've not had that gratification for a long time. So. Hopefully I'll bring it back, but there seem to be a bit more understanding, I think.
1: And there's one thing that you seem to have um, in, invested, you know, a lot of energy on um, early on is the, is the club's identity. And in particular, the phrase, the running foxes. And, you know, I can see from your time already that you're making a lot of that. And of course, you and I know how powerful a really strong identity can be in getting an existing audience and a new audience to feel that they're buying into something that somehow transcends the cricket. So how, how important is the, that running foxes DNA, if you like, going to be?
0: Mark, it is huge. I, I can't underestimate the importance of three phrases that we have. Um, you know, Leicester City are the foxes, are regarded as the foxes. And, and yes, we have a fox as an emblem, but our fox is slightly different, and it's the running foxes. So the Running Foxes is who we are. And we've we, we kind of lost our way over, over a number of years. So I've kind of brought that back along with the, the heritage of the colours of the club, which are green and red. So bringing that back, and, and it's it's bizarre. It's been really well received um, in terms of, of that approach. So, so for us, the Running Foxes is who we are. That's what we are about. What it stands for, we're kind of evolving as we go along and and it's interesting i've seen the players buy into well i'm a running fox now so that that is uh, that is really, really powerful
1: for us. It's a really, it's a really interesting one. I mean, you and I have a a, a, a friend in common, Darren Bernstein at uh, yeah. the Phoenix Club Bury AFC. You know, and they've recruited their manager on the basis of values. You yeah. know, the, the the club values. But uh, but Darren, I know you've got another question you'd like to ask before we uh, wrap up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. I, I-
2: Guess Sean, sure. it's the obvious one, really. I mean, we're, in, we're in December already. The, the the next cricket season isn't a million miles away, and I guess you're already that you know that's at the forefront of your mind already. So, what's on the priority list? Um, given that um, given that the news we've had this week suggests that you know things are looking more positive, and fans are going to eventually be back in, in stadiums all across the country.
0: Yeah, um, ours is is it's interesting. I've been to see the players this morning uh, undertake the uh, the bleak test. So that, that was fascinating to watch, so getting them fit and, and ready for the season is, is is a priority for us, but I think for us it's about how we continue to build our identity. you know we are as I say, the running foxes, um, you know, our foxes' family, the academy of cricket, these are all phrases that we, uh, we, we are part of our mo, so it's about how we really engage now with businesses with, with, with supporters out there and grow. And grow the um, what's called a leash of foxes. So, we really want to attract people and, and, and engage with people in the club, whether that be corporate, whether it be a member, whether it be a, 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 an academy player, whatever it is. We want them to feel part of this identity and this journey that we're creating.
1: And it's going to be great because obviously that gives you the opportunity of having Leicestershire Cricket Club. Sorry about that. <laughs> I'll, 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 get, I'll get my coat. But actually,
2: yeah. we'll edit that one.
1: There is something that Darren and I, um, you know, wrapping up today's podcast is that, uh, as you, you may have seen, that we're absolutely proud to have forged a, a little partnership with Sean and with Leicestershire County Cricket Club, our first uh, foray into cricket. We hope it will be one that keeps us there for a while, but this offers us a great opportunity to share what we've learned over the years with what Sean's learned, and then to embrace everything that's, that's good about the, the beautiful Game, so Sean, thank you so much for being with us um, today. It's, it's fantastic to be able to uh, see what you're doing in, in that new sport. Um, I, think, I think, you know, for us, we're, we're in, interested as well because, you know, we're all we're always trying to find new ways to do things. I think what you've shown already in a short period of time is it is possible to do things hugely differently in cricket without diverting from what makes it special but you know embracing everything that works so well at Huddersfield so thanks again Sean it's great to hear from you I hope we'll see you soon thank you Mark thanks Darren a really
0: great to chat um and yeah you know these are exciting times ahead for, for, for both of us so yeah the, the the running foxes are most definitely up and running.
1: Yeah, And finally, Darren and myself and uh, our producer Juan Luis are waiting for our clubs to uh, get fans in so that we can boo them off at the <laughs> end of the game too. So that's it for another episode. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, at Fan Experience Co, at Instagram, which is fanexperience.co, and via our website, of course, at www.fanexperienceco.com. Stay safe, everyone. Stay positive. It's coming back and we'll see you next time. Bye, everyone. The Fan Experience Experience was recorded live. See you next time.